Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name is Terry Barber, and I had the honor of being with Bishop Strickland once a week to talk about how to fall in love with Jesus Christ and his church. And this particular program, we're going to have Bishop Strickland on the second and third, or third and fourth segment. Uh, he's going to be giving his presentation that he gave in Tyler. We're going to replay that because he's on his way back from Rome. And uh, that's going to be here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. So keep that in mind. Uh, right now we're going to go through his tweets as he flies back from Rome. He's at a conference giving a presentation on how we need to be like the saints in being steadfast in the faith and know our faith. So I appreciate you coming in and joining us. Like I say, Bishop Strickland will be on in about 20 minutes with his presentations on some of his letters that he's written to the flock. Uh, so let's go to his first tweet of the day. And I like what he said here. I like everything, but, you know, he, that's why I call him America's bishop. Uh, he tweeted this, am I right with God? This is a question we all have to ask ourselves. He says, in Catholic terms, he says, am I in the state of grace? <clears throat> These are questions constantly in the hearts of the saints. They should be in our hearts every day as well. And he asked the question, am I doing God's will? This is really ultimately what he just asked is a summary of following Jesus Christ. Not my will, but your will. And so I appreciate that. He says, if we are honest, we all have to work to do. Let us strive to say yes to Jesus. This is so fundamental to the faith that I really appreciate Bishop Strickland speaking so frankly about our purpose. I mean, you hear on the Terry and Jesse show on our network when we say, you know, what state should we be living in? The state of grace. And what state should we be living in? Well, you know, the state of mortal sin. How do we get out of mortal sin? Confession. And it just makes me think, I wish more bishops would state things like that rather than beating around the bush and saying, oh, we're a dialogue church. We just want to, you know, say hi to you and befriend you no matter what you're living don't worry about it. God understands. No. Call us all to repent. What were the first words of the gospel from Jesus? Repent and believe in the gospel. Let's go back to that fundamental teaching because we can't have better models than Jesus Christ. We can talk about human models of dialogue and sedonal way. But you know what? What about the Jesus way? And the Jesus way is when he was with sinners— he wouldn't let them just live in sin and say, well, let's just dialogue. Let's have a conversation. No, he would call them out because true charity is calling our brothers and sisters back to the faith. So I appreciate Bishop Strickland following a biblical worldview. Now, one of the other tweets, he said this. He said, talking about the Father Rupnik cover-up, he said, this is devastating for the church and the people of God within and beyond the church. Bishop Strickland tweets, Let us pray that this decision is reversed for the sake of all the victims, abuse, and all faithful who are scandalized. Well, your prayers have been answered, Bishop Strickland, because after that tweet and lots of people calling on the Holy See to do the right thing and not protect this priest from uh, the, the law— and hold him accountable, they decided, the Holy See, to say, wait a minute, this priest, just for you don't, for those who don't know, 
Father Rubnik was the priest who abused lots of sisters sexually. I mean, it's hard to have to say that, but uh, this is sick. And I remember uh, Father Chad Ripperger, another saint of the other um, exorcist, saying that when a priest uses his faculties in a bad way, like for religious ways but are sacrilegious, that that comes directly from the devil. That just makes sense. So what happened is everybody's prayers and calls and calling the Vatican to look into this and not allow Father Rubnik to start being a priest in his Slavic uh, country where he was going to serve at a parish. You don't do that because the policy at the Catholic Church since 2002, they made it clear. We are not going to let sexual abusers back into parishes. The problem is, Talk is cheap that supply exceeds the demand. And what Bishop Strickland is saying, we need to pray and pose that and say, Holy Father, Holy Holy See, look into this more because you can't put this guy back out. He's endangering the innocent. And so fortunately, thanks be to God, Pope Francis said, yeah, let's reinvestigate. Let's get this. Don't let him out into a parish. And I say that that's be two things. One, people prayed. And two, they spoke up. And I appreciate that. So, Bishop Strickland, good news on that one. Now, uh, one of uh, this is an interesting story. Bishop Athanasius Snyder, he's going to tweet about him. If you recall years ago, I had Bishop Snyder and Bishop Strickland on the radio together, and they become friends because I knew Bishop Snyder through the Opus Angelorum. I knew, are you ready for this? His spiritual director was my spiritual director. Father William Wagner from the Opus Angelorum. Isn't that interesting? So we put these two together, and then they became best of friends. Why? They had something in common. You know what it was? Their love for Jesus Christ and his bride, the church, and a love for truth. So here's what uh, Bishop Strickland said to Bishop uh, Snyder's comments. Amen. Popes and bishops are the first ones that must obey the faith. Well, Bishop Snyder is coming out with a new catechism. It's not the creed. And it's basic teachings, the fundamentals of the faith. I'm sure it took him a while to write it. I ordered copies, so if people want to get a copy, just call us at 877-526-2151. That's 877-526-2151 and ask for Bishop Snyder's catechism because he said this, Bishop Snyder, The Catholic faith transcends popes, bishops, because they are the first ones to obey the faith. So meaning that no pope, no bishop, no one in the church can supersede the perennial teachings of the Catholic faith. That is the Catholic faith teaching. And so out of charity, this is my point that Bishop Strickland has made very eloquently over the years with me, and that is Bishop Strickland, Every Catholic priest, everyone, made a promise when they were ordained at the altar. Like I made a promise when I got married to be faithful to my wife, right? Well, they made a promise to promote the deposit of faith. They, meaning priests, bishops, the Holy Father, they all made that. And I'm convinced that just like I'm going to be judged on how well I live out my duties in my state in life as a married man, being faithful to my wife, that's what I'm going to be judged on. And the Pope, the bishops, Bishop Strickland, everyone, they make a promise when they were ordained to promote the deposit of faith. 
I think Jesus Christ is going to ask them, how well did they defend that commitment? Because that's going to be their salvation, doing their duties, the sacred duties, and defending and promoting the deposit of faith. That's my take. Bishop Strickland, thanks for tweeting that. And again, people want to get Bishop Snyder's book. Call us at 877-526-2151. Pick up that book. We'll be happy to carry it now. Another tweet by Bishop Strickland. (laughs) I love it. He's really direct. (laughs) He says, every Catholic should watch this. I say no to the sedonal stillness that the family that this fails to humble embrace the truth that Jesus Christ has revealed to humanity. I say yes to Jesus Christ, Lord of the universe, because he is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, he's recommending that you watch the Father Jerry Murray, the papal posse that comes on Raymond Arroyo's show every Thursday night. I watch it every night, every uh, week, because I like the content, and it's very hard-hitting, and... Uh, He's encouraging you to watch the October 26th session, but I encourage you to do the November 2nd one and any of the other ones because you learn a lot from the guests that Raymond Arroyo has on these shows. So it's called World Over on EWTN with Raymond Arroyo. Put that as a constant, uh, a stable, a spiritual uh, food for your soul. All right. We're going to have another one, but I want to just remind you, we're going to be coming to a quick break. I have to remind everybody that here at uh, Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we are doing a fundraiser, and the fundraiser is an auction. And this auction is neat because we're auctioning off really sacred art. We're actually auctioning off a dinner with Bishop Strickland, right? Yeah, when he comes to the Spiritual Warfare Conference in March, March 15th, you're going to be able to have a dinner with him if you win it. So if you go to our website, virginmostpowerfulradio.org, that's vmpr.org, and there's bidding starting on the 9th or the 10th of November, uh, you can uh, bid for these things, and it raises money for Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And I'm going to have a dinner with somebody. There's all kinds of sacred art. But the way to look at all the things we're auctioning is to go to vmpr.org, and then hit the link on auctionstoday.com and you'll get a listing of all the pictures of all the beautiful art that we're offering for our listeners. And again, this is supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And again, if this is your first time watching the Bishop Strickland Hour, usually he's on the air the whole time. I'll just give you, he's on his way back from Rome from a conference right after the Senate. He gave, he gave a presentation there, and he's on his way back. I said, well, I'm going to play Bishop Strickland's talk that he gave in uh, Tyler, Texas from last month on the third segment. So in about 15 minutes, you're going to hear some powerful messages from the bishop himself. Stay with us. We're going through his tweets and much, much more here on the Bishop Strickland Hour. We'll be right back after a quick break. Now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back indeed to the Bishop Strickland Hour. He'll be with us in this next segment with a recording of his presentation in Tyler, Texas for the Defending the Faith Conference. You won't want to miss that. I'm going through his tweets here on the Bishop Strickland Hour. 
And I always enjoy when the bishop tweets scripture. I mean, when I talk about the high, the food chain, scripture's on the top. And I think it's wonderful that America's bishop constantly is encouraging us to read the Bible. And this is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. He says this, uh, quoting it from scripture. You are strangers and aliens no longer. No, you are fellow citizens of the saints, members of the household of God. You form a building that rises on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the capstone. You know, when I read that scripture, if Bishop Strickland was here, I'd say, Bishop, this is what we call, you know, the deposit of faith. In other words, we're building from the saints, from the fathers of the church, from the, you know, 2,000-year history of the Catholic Church. And what's so beautiful is we can quote what they taught in the 3rd century is what we teach in the 21st century. And that's one re- way of, of judging somebody's theology, folks. Has it always been taught? When you hear somebody teach something that's foreign to what the church teaches, like, for example... There's an old heresy that says, at the end of time, hell will never, will not exist. Well, that's not Catholic theology. The church has condemned that philosophy. Or, you know, like, let's say the church teaches about uh, salvation, that it's a biblical approach, that many people do not reach heaven based on the scriptures. You know, few, few, few go. And if you hear somebody say, well... Hey, universal salvation, man, everybody gets to go to heaven. Just, uh, you know, if you didn't kill anybody, come on, you can go. Because Christ died on the cross, and you don't need to do anything more, which is a Protestant theology. But we find it in the Catholic Church today. Some people say everybody goes to heaven, and that's just not true. And that's actually an injustice on people because you're giving them false hope that you don't have to, uh, you know, keep the commandments. Remember, Jesus Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep the commandments. So if somebody's committing, whether it's the sixth or ninth or whatever commandment they uh, commit against God's commandments, unless they repent, right, how are they going to get to heaven? So is it really charitable to tell somebody who's living a sexual life that's contrary, whether it's fornication, adultery, homosexuality, whatever it is, it's not in line with the commandments, to walk with them and just be their friend. If you're a true friend, and I'm just going to tell the story, and Bishop Strickland likes these stories. I had a friend who told me about his associate, who's an attorney. They had a, a partnership for about 30 years. And unfortunately, his friend was dying of cancer. And he went to go visit his, uh, his uh, partner in the hospital and my friend's wife says, well, bring him a rosary. Bring him divine chaplet, mercy chaplets. Bring him, you know, the Bible. Talk to him about Jesus because he's going to be dying. So he took his wife's advice and went into the room and talked to his friend. He had worked for 30 years. And he said, you know, Mac, I know that you don't have a long time to be here, but let me just give you something that's been special to me and my Catholic faith. And he gave him a Bible and he gave him a rosary. And the chaplain of Divine Mercy pamphlet, and said, you might want to read this, because I think this will help you. 
And the guy who says that's sick, he says to his friend, well, if this was important, why did you wait 30 years to share it with me? I don't, I don't buy this. Why, you know, if this is that important for salvation to get to heaven, since you're telling me now, I just can't believe you waited all these years till I'm on my deathbed to tell me. And he wouldn't take, he wouldn't accept it. Well, here's my point. The point I'm making is we're all called to share the gospel. And in true charity is to call your friend to repentance. Remember the first words of the gospel, repent and believe in the gospel. Now, that's a true friend. Uh, The person that just walks with somebody when they're living in mortal sin and never says, hey, repent, that's an acquaintance. And I would say this, based on Scripture, that those who do not call people to repentance but let them wallow in the sin— That's the most merciless thing you can do for someone. So keep that in mind. And thank you, Bishop Strickland, for tweeting that. That's important. Also, I wanted to give a a quote uh, that he tweeted, Bishop Strickland tweeted from Cardinal Mueller. You know, he, he says, Cardinal Mueller, I am also committed to the theological clarity so that a church gathered around Christ doesn't become a political dance and around the golden calf of an agnostic spirit of the age. And he said, amen, Cardinal Mueller. And I think what he's mentioning is secularism. It's invaded everywhere. And it's invaded the Catholic Church in a bad way because we, we want to be one with the world. That's not what the Bible says. If we are one with the world, know that you're not preaching the gospel because Jesus Christ in the scriptures said that If you want to follow me, the world will hate you. Now, if the world loves us, that tells us and the church we're not doing our job. So I appreciate that tweet with the Cardinal Mueller. Also, just uh, we heard as a couple days ago, the Texas Rangers, he tweets Bishop Strickland, congratulations to the Texas Rangers World Series champions. God bless them for resisting the woke culture and refusing to have pride night. There is strength in upholding the gospel values, and there are the salvation of humanity. Stay strong, Rangers. Can you imagine they're the only Major League Baseball team that doesn't have a pride night? Can you imagine the pressure that's put on that on that uh, ballpark to say, look, you got to do it, everybody's doing it. And the Rangers said, no, we're not going to do it. And I just kind of chuckle because now they're the world championship uh, baseball team because they won the World Series. So good for the Rangers. <laughs> and Bishop Strickland's not afraid to congratulate them. I think uh, we, we need to congratulate people. Because remember, Bishop Strickland always said this, never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed. Well said. All right, he also said this, Bishop Strickland, the body of Christ is once again experiencing the agony of his passion. Bishop Strickland says, we must fall to our knees in prayers of humble reparation and atonement for the blasphemies coming from Rome. Wow. Pray for all who have hardened their hearts to the truth of Jesus Christ and rose to share with all the gospel and the good news. 
I thank you, Bishop Strickland, because that takes guts, because there are people in Rome that are saying things like, I'll just give you one example. This is just makes no sense. The Hong Kong bishop that was at the Senate on, on uh, Synodality says evangelization shouldn't have the agenda of converting people to Catholicism. Now, I, I say this because he added, he added this. Evangelization should help people to come to understand our God means love, means goodwill and a better life. If that's not woke, meaning that's just not what the gospel is all about. Yes, that comes. Joy comes from living out the gospel. But this comment that to understand our God means love, means goodwill, and a better life. Why don't you have a biblical worldview that the gospel is for salvation? Is that too fundamental to say, yes, we are going to talk about salvation of your soul. And yes, evangelization is about encountering people for the love of God, yes, but to direct them towards what? A relationship with Jesus Christ, to become baptized and to live in the state of grace, and to die in that state of grace. That's the goal. And I just will say this. This is my take. You guys are going to laugh when I say this. And that when I mentioned earlier in the show about Bishop Strickland saying, am I right with God? You know, in Catholic terms, am I in the state of grace? He said, these are questions constantly in the hearts of the saints, and that we should have it ourselves. Am I doing God's will? You know what I say? Where our focus sometimes, not always, but a good portion of the church's mission right now is about ecology. Save the earth. What about saving my soul? When I heard that from Bishop Strickland, that came to me, uh, you know, that um, save the planet or save my soul? Hmm, that's not a neat, that's, that, that's a, not a, a difficult question. I want to save my soul because as Bishop Sheen would say, if souls are saved, everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. And I think that that fits everything right now that I'd like to share. Now, uh, Bishop Strickland also tweeted that many have asked him to reiterate the unchanging church teaching as stated by the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith that says, God does not and cannot bless sin. The church does not have and cannot have the power to bless unions of persons in the same sex. Thank you. But you see, why are we saying this? I mean, it was 20 years ago, we would have said, of course not. But we're living in times where certain prelates are saying, oh, this is, a, this is all about synodality. We're walking with people. You know, we got we to gotta, you know, be with them. But I think it's false compassion not to tell people the truth of the gospel. And Bishop Strickland also tweeted this, let us rejoice that no matter whoever, who tries to change, distort the truth, the truth doesn't change. As I say, there's no expiration date on it. Truth has a face, and it's the face of Jesus Christ. Let us be reminded that any wandering from the truth is always temporary. It expires, it falls short. It, corrupt leaders die, false teachings fade, but, but the truth never goes away because these are eternal truths that are with us. And I just want to thank Bishop Strickland. He's constantly telling us to say, what is the truth here? Follow the truth wherever it leads you. And I think that it's an important thing for all of us to do, especially 
now that the Senate is closed and they're waiting for next year's Senate on Senatality, that we cannot compromise one iota to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we pray for Holy Mother the Church to stay focused on the truth because that's what sets us free. And again, these are interesting times we're living in because certain people inside the church are telling us we have to change everything. And that's not how the Catholic Church operates. Look at for 2,000 years, it was staying with what Jesus Christ said biblically. In other words, we have a biblical worldview, not a worldly view on life. So let's stay focused on Jesus. We come back, I'm going to have Bishop Strickland come on to talk about some of his letters that he gave to different, uh, to all of us regarding the deposit of faith. I think you're going to like what he has to say. This was at a conference in Tyler that I went out to see last month. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back. Indeed. Now we're going to have Bishop Strickland go over six essential statements of our Catholic faith. And I'd say we're going back to the fundamentals of the faith. This is, the, this is what I think is so important in the Catholic Church today, that we go back to the, you know, the essentials of the faith. So let's talk about that, and let's bring Bishop Strickland to speak for himself on this, Mr. Engineer. I'm simply following your direction. Mendacity. Mendacity is just, it's flowing like lava over civilization so that it truly becomes as Dr. Janet said last night young people especially are left wondering do I know I'm here or not and it's my obligation as a successor of the apostles and believe me some of the people here have known me since I was Father Joe down at the cathedral down the street before it became a cathedral. And you, they're as surprised as I am <laughs> that I'm a successor of the apostles. <laughs> and I'm sure they often think, Lord, Lord, couldn't you do better than this? But if you look to sacred scripture, what the world judges as the least, the Lord raises up. So I'm in good company. And I was so least that it's a miracle that I'm here before you now. But it's my obligation and my joy. Terry Barber and I talk about that a lot. We can't lose the joy. We're people of hope and light and grace and joy. We can't lose that. No matter how great the darkness, his light has conquered it. So be joyful of heart and bring that joy to others. But part of being joyful is to acknowledge 
the mendacity that is real, that invades the church, the workplace, our schools, our streets. I saw something just last night. Someone, I have really no idea who, but someone in the transportation department lamenting, get this, lamenting that cars are on our streets. I'll just leave it there. (laughs) Mendacity. But as Dr. Janet reminded us last night, we don't stop with mendacity and just say, woe is me. I'm sure we all do that to some extent. But we have to follow him. We have to live in his light. We have to continue the path. And as one successor of the apostles, one shepherd, all I can do is be one voice. But with people like Cardinal Zen, 91 years old and still a lion of faith, they strengthen me and they strengthen all of us. So as is typical with me, now I can get to the notes. (laughs) So I think you see, well, not yet. You see six essential statements of our Catholic faith. And we'll try to get, there you are. Number one, hopefully you can read that, but I'll read it with you. The Catholic Church is guided by truth that God has revealed to humanity through his son, Jesus Christ. And the doctrine of the church protects us from natural errors that arise in human culture. Allowing these errors to go unchecked has devastating consequences for Christian life. And I would go even farther for simply the life of humanity. What number one really underscores for me is that we know the truth. Truth incarnate didn't just come to us 2,023 years ago, but he's with us now. I want to thank the wonderful team here of lay people that prepared. That Eucharistic adoration last night Truly adoration, truly beautiful. And as I've told people, I had nothing to do with it till I knelt here and started reading. That was strictly men and women of God who know Jesus Christ and use their beautiful talents 
I think they are a great reminder of what we all must do as the body of Christ. If the shepherds are failing, the sheep go to work. And that is true in this first of the six essential statements. Don't doubt your truth. Don't doubt Christ. Know in the depths of your being that you have been blessed to know the answers to the mysteries of the universe. Not all of them. Probably in the awesome reality of God and the universe he has created, we're still with all that we know in the church, in science, in every particle of knowledge. We are likely somewhere south of a lot of zeros before you get to 1%. That is what we need to remember. And the saints of old, in different ways, all learned that. In many ways, to be a saint is to be someone who knows an awesome God and knows that we are not awesome. Unless we connect as is God's will to his divine life. And then we share in the very life of our awesome creator God. That's what he wants for all of us, for all of humanity. That's what the church is for. As this beautiful image reminds us, yes, we're storm-tossed. The church was storm-tossed when the disciples were in a boat, fearful saying, wake up, Jesus. And I think we can look back in that and realize in the mystery of Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man, yes, his real human body needed some sleep. But as Lord of the universe and the great mystery that we can't explain he was always there. He was never asleep. And I think that's a great reminder for us in this time. Because sadly, many have walked away from the church saying, God doesn't seem to be with us any longer. We know that isn't true. We know that he promised us he will be with us to the end of the age. And so I fully believe that the strongest thing we can do is turn to the Eucharist in adoration and in the sacrifice of the Mass. Wow, I'm making all these notes. Aren't you enjoying the America's bishop? How he teaches the faith, you know, that that uh, bring joy to others. And he said, if our shepherds are, are failing us, let lay people go to work. And that was really a, a reference to Bishop Sheen back in the 70s when he said, who's going to save the church? He said, the lay people. How? 
by asking our priests and bishops and religious to live holy lives. And that's what we're called to do. And then I love what he said at the end about turn to the Holy Eucharist with adoration and the Mass. And the other comment that I thought was so beautiful was that God uses the weak to get his job done. Uh, I remember Father Bishop Strickland was out here about two weeks ago for a pro-life conference, and Jim Caviso was giving the talk, and Jim said, you know, uh, when I was thinking about becoming the actor for the Passion of Christ movie, I went to my spiritual director and said, you know, I just don't think, Father, I'm the, the guy for this part. There's got to be better people than me to play the part of Jesus Christ. And his spiritual director said, oh, I'm sure there are many guys more better than you. But God uses the weak to do it because then it shows that it comes from him. So take the job. And I thought about that in my own case. Yeah, God uses the weak to do this great work. So if you're listening and saying, oh, I can't do that. Yes, you can. And when we come back to the break, I'm going to continue with another presentation by Bishop Strickland that will inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ. This bishop is America's bishop. Why? Because he teaches the fundamental teachings of the Catholic Church and he doesn't give his personal opinion. He doesn't even give psychology. He gives the Word of God. Stay with his family. We'll be back with more on the Bishop Strickland Hour. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Wow, I bet you enjoyed that Bishop Strickland presentation. Here's another one that he's going to give at the Defending the Conference, Defending the Faith Conference. Let's get to his second talk now. So let's look to number two. Modernism is the term that captures the spectrum of these errors in our present world. Pope St. Pius X addressed these errors in the early 20th, early 20th century in his encyclical Lamentabili Sane in 1907. One note from that that I think is important. My grandmother was born in 1900. In many ways, she was Irish Catholic transported to Australia. And in many ways, I owe my Catholic faith, the greatest treasure of my life, to my Irish Australian Catholic grandmother. Born in, so she was seven years old when Pius X wrote, Lamentabili Sane. Basically, that translates, it is lamentable. And Dr. Janet beautifully expanded that from translating that Latin. It makes us full of tears. This modernism, this mendacity, That was in 1907. As Dr. Janet mentioned last night, and I've had the same experience, and I would imagine most of us have. It's like, ah, oh, it all started at this point. Maybe it all started with 
post-Vatican II and twisting things. That was a mess. But then you read some more and it's like, no, it was even before Vatican II started. And then you say, well, it goes back further than that. Maybe it was, you know, in the, the Enlightenment in France with the French Revolution. Yeah, that was a problem. A lot of that crazy philosophy of Descartes started in that crazy world. But then you go further back. As, as Dr. Janet said, you can ultimately go back to Adam and Eve. <coughs> Mendacity. It's always been with us. But let us remember. And I began, I didn't finish, I confess, but I'll get there. I began praying the joyful mysteries for this Saturday of the rosary. And I can get lost in the mystery of the incarnation of the Son of God, the annunciation, the announcement of the angel that he is conceived in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. At that moment, mendacity was not yet destroyed, but its time was done. Truth, not mendacity, now rules the world. It may not look like that because I'm a sinner. We all are. And you collect all our sins and it gets to be a real blank mess. Fill in the blank however you wish. Your strongest, ugliest word. That's what mendacity does. But with Pius X, more than a hundred years ago, Call me crazy, people do. But I find great hope in that. This isn't a new battle. This isn't something this time in 2023. It's like, how come we're burdened with this, Lord? It's just the 2023 version of 1907 or 1802 or 1605 or all the way back to when he died on a cross. But he rose and mendacity was nailed to that cross and conquered in his precious blood. But we have to be alert to those tentacles of modernism. And I know I get lambasted Any of us do if we speak the perennial truth of the church. Hopefully, as Terry, Barber, and I always try to remind ourselves, it's not about human beings. Think of that person. Don't say the name. But think of that person you rail at the most. They're just a son or daughter of God that has been overwhelmed 
with mendacity. I think we can move on to number three. The constant vigilance of the church from her beginnings in the first century and the rigorous conservation of the truth revealed to us by God constitute her fundamental duty to defend and transmit the doctrine of the faith without compromise or any diminishing of their force. Constant vigilance. The scriptures tell us to pray constantly. In our human condition, speaking for myself, 64 years old, it's hard to do anything constantly. (laughs) You can make a good stab at it and make some progress here and then you slip again. How many of us have resolved whatever and kept that resolution? If you have, good on you, as they say in Australia. But I admit, constant vigilance? Ah, exhausting. Constant. But just because it's exhausting doesn't mean it isn't necessary. Because look where we are with things coming out of the Vatican that curl your hair, even if you're bald. (laughs) And they turn it white. And they make us worried and fearful. So yes, we have to have a constant vigilance. That's the work of the church, to guard the deposit of faith. And as Dr. Janet said, it's not about a bank account. A lot of people have asked me, Bishop, tell me, what is the deposit of faith? Really, it's him. I get very redundant. I can answer every question. It's him. It's Jesus. He is truth. He is an incarnate deposit of faith, flesh and blood, soul and divinity. And so when we worship him, when we receive him from the altar, we are being nurtured by truth. And don't we all need that nurturing? This speaks of a fundamental duty. And yes, It's a fundamental duty of men like me, ordained bishops and priests and deacons, but the bishops are at the top for a reason, because we have the most responsibility. And I know many of you are not here in the Diocese of Tyler. And I know You pray for your bishop. Continue. I pray for the time. I've said this before. 
I pray for the time when I can go back to obscurity in the piney woods of East Texas. Because every bishop is saying the same thing. It's about Jesus and saying it better than I can. But with so many silent shepherds, I can't be silent. That's Bishop Strickland. Man, I get excited when I hear that. I was in person there watching that show, and then I see it again on the show. Please send that to your friends, everybody. Go to vmpr.org and get the podcast. Uh, if you're not, if you can, if you're listening on live, it'll be there for you to send your friends because this is we call him America's Bishop for a reason. He teaches the deposit of faith, just what we need in the Catholic Church today. And again, if uh, you can, we're going to put this on YouTube in the future too, so more people, even though they're not listening to us on radio or on podcast, they can still get it, and we'll put it on social media because. He's an inspiration for me because what he does is he constantly talks about Jesus Christ. See, this is what's lacking in the church right now. We need shepherds that speak like Strickland. Yeah, that's how I see it. And why? Because they constantly direct us towards Jesus Christ. That's that's it. That's the answer. All the answers can be solved by that. And wow, I hear the music coming on. So that means we had, if Bishop Strickland was here, I'd ask him to give you a blessing. But next week he'll be back from his trip from Rome, and we'll talk a little bit about his trip and how things went there. I want to again thank you for supporting us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are the only one on the radio with Bishop Strickland's show every week. And I know that takes a toll on uh, some people, but it's worth it because you know what? The truth is worth it. And if we get persecuted for speaking the truth, praise God, because our reward in heaven will be great. Remember what Our Lady of Fatima said, souls are going to hell because no one's there to pray and make sacrifices. Are we willing to join our, you, our sufferings with the sufferings of Christ to help redeem the world? I hope you say yes, because that's how we can make a difference in the world today, helping people fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Thanks again for joining us here on the Bishop Strickland Hour on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. God love you and your family. We'll see you another time next week. Same time, same station.